up, get out of bed, fill your cup and get ahead with WKGN. One, three, four, oh. Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios in Knoxville, it's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Here are your hosts, John Reed and Bob Baskerville. Back in the booth, back on the airwaves, coming at you live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Good morning to you, John Reed, Bob Baskerville, Sam Beard. We are locked and loaded with a celebratory edition of the morning show. Gigantic win last night. We'll talk about it. Bob, how are you this morning? Feeling good. Freezing my ass off. What happened? What did I say yesterday? It was like, felt great, but something's wrong. Didn't think, I mean, I knew there was a storm coming. I didn't know it was going to be this cold, though. But I'm good. I feel good. How about you? It's because that white boy cold. <laughs> that's why the, That's why you feel a, a chill in the air today. Because Dalton connects. Did you see? Very, very cold. Did you see uh, Ryan Shumpert's tweet by chance? I did. I retweeted it. It's the exciting whites tweet. That was a great tweet. That's a, the one you're referring to. He's 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 an elite tweeter sometimes. He fires out some stuff that you aren't expecting. That was fantastic. That was a good one. Sam, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. I am doing fantastic this morning, I would say. Great win last night. Streets want to know if you made it to the arena? Yes, absolutely made it to the arena. Did you go by yourself or did you have a friend? No, I, I went with my buddies. We got there early. We got to the game at like 5 o'clock. Nice. Yeah. Weird. Why? We want to get Just a good one of the seat. Best seats? Yeah, yeah, we want to get a good seat. Is there a line? Huge line. Okay. Like we were probably 600 people behind. Okay, did you get in the lower level though? Did you get. Yeah, I don't like like the behind the basket lower level, but we got the best seats you could get like in the actual seats at the stadium for nice. students. So we, we had a nice little view of. Dalton connects 39-point performance, so we had a great time. I wasn't sure if they still offered student section seats that weren't behind the basket lower yeah. level. I thought that I thought that was kind of the trade-off was like, hey, we'll put you behind the basket, but they give that whole section. Go top. They give you that whole section, so it's uh, yeah, they go all the way up, kind of toward for, all the way up to the back of the basket. So it's a nice little section they got for the students. Okay, I'm glad you made it. I didn't see you. I noticed I didn't see you. either one of you at our pregame spot. I was there, ready to go, and neither one of you came and, and had a show meeting with me, but it's fine. No big deal. Getting there at 5, I didn't really have time, you know. As and- fate would have it, Sam, we didn't need it because my seats were directly in front of Bob. <laughs> That's what I figured out this morning. <laughs> except for just two to the side. Like, uh, whenever I was leaving yesterday, I was like, you know what, Bob, what section are you in? He told me. I was like, well, I was like, you know, I was like, that sounds about where my friend's seats are. I was like, I feel like I'll be pretty close to you. And then at the pre-show meeting that you know, neither one of you attended, I was asking, you know, what, what section, what role we're in. I texted Bob, and he's like, oh, wow, that's literally right in front of me. And sure <laughs> enough, so as I get there, I get in line to get a beverage. I see Bob marching through on a mission to get to his seats, him and his wife. And I was like, okay, there's Bob. Good to see Bob. And I get there and get to the seat, and he's like, hey. I'm like, hey. I say, Sue, nice to see you. He says, you too. Then he came up, he took a selfie, and we, we got it going. When y'all sent that selfie, I was a little sad that I wasn't, you know, I didn't get in there. 
I thought y'all had done a meetup at the game without me. And so I was like, man, you know, it's a. However, it was not all good stories there because my dear friend and colleague beat the traffic, Bob, at about the 12 minute mark, grabbed me on the shoulder, says, time to beat the traffic. I'll see you tomorrow. And missed the greatest performance in Tennessee basketball history over a 12 minute stretch. I don't feel like that's a hot take. Maybe someone can come back and say, well, actually, this guy did this and, and this year, and here were the circumstances. Okay, if I missed one, please feel free to send it to me. I will weigh it in. But for my money, that was the greatest 12-minute performance from a Tennessee basketball player, scoring 25 points, outscoring an entire team while you were trailing with the SEC championship in the balance, with the one seed in the balance. My dear friend, Beat the Traffic Bob, was nowhere to be found to see it. Yeah, that's great about Connect. Let's talk about me for a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, a couple things. First of all, it was be a dad, Bob, not Beat the Traffic Bob, because I w- there's nothing I would have rather done than stay till the very end. We knew going in, my daughter's uh, school is having a – spring musical this weekend and she's on the crew for all that and they're doing their whole week of prep and rehearsals and that's going into the evening each night the past couple of nights she had been going till about 9 30 at at night so sue my wife and i we were talking and it's like i was going to the game for sure but um i had a buddy who was going that was not going to work out so sue was like i'd love to go it's like, well, we got to figure out what we're going to do with our daughter. And she said, you know, we talked about the timing. I was like, I think we might be good. We might have to leave with a couple minutes to go or something like that. Well, we get to the game. Things start happening. We get a text from my daughter who says, I think we're getting out early tonight. Oof. And, um, and not for nothing, we're going to talk about this game in detail because it, it was special. Not for nothing, but if this thing had been a normally officiated game, um, I may have been able to stay till about the four-minute mark Um, because that one stretch was just maddening. We all saw it. Anyway, so we left. Had to. Parents, you can relate. Um, We get to the school to pick her up. We text her saying we're here, and she said, I'm sorry, it's going longer than I thought. (laughs) So she wasn't finished when you got there? No. How much time was left in the game whenever you pulled in to get her? Four and a half minutes. Okay. So uh, at at least I then watched that live on my uh, phone. Shout out YouTube TV. Um, So I was watching it. And as we were driving, and I'm driving and I'm not happy, and my wife was (laughs) like, you want me You want to pull over and I'll drive and you can watch? I was like, no, no, I'm good. (laughs) Um, No. (laughs) You know, it's just one of those, like, you know, it was like, ugh. So frustrating. Anyway. So at what point of the game did your daughter actually make it out of her rehearsal? Game was almost over. Well, that's okay then, I guess, because you still would have had to get there in time to get her. So, I mean, I guess it wasn't like you could have watched the end, then came and got her because you'd have been in traffic and everything. And I recorded the game, so I went home and watched, picked it up from the minute I walked out. Might have been cooler watching it knowing what happened. No, 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 it wasn't. Not really. It was was pretty euphoric being in the arena. Yeah. Being in the Food City Center, the Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. It was was pretty magical, Bob. I'm not going to lie. The only thing that I did get a little satisfaction out of that I wouldn't have gotten had I've been in the arena was I got to hear uh, Connect hit one of his many threes and I was listening to the radio call at that point because I think, 
I couldn't watch while I was driving, driving. And it was Bert saying, in your face! He yelled that, <laughs> just screamed it. Was he cackling and laughing during yes. the run? Yeah. And then he yelled, fire up the buses. There was only like, you know, there was a minute left. He started, I mean, he, he talks a little trash. I do like that. Well, I hope you know, and, and maybe <laughs> it, it, it makes you feel connected, maybe, or, or happy, or I don't know. Maybe it makes you sad and feel left out. But I, d- I did watch the final, maybe, I can't remember if it was the final four minutes or the final eight minutes. I can't remember what TV timeout I ran to the bathroom, but I, I did enjoy the rest of the game in your seats. <laughs> did you yeah, really? Yeah, I, I finished the game up in your seats. Oh, just have a little room to yeah, spread yeah, out. Yeah, just because I, you know, I had a guy with me, two guys that left on me. You know, there's four of us. We had plenty of room, but when I came back from the bathroom, I was just slid in. I was like, I'll stand here. It's fine. was elevated, getting some high fives. I, I, I helped keep the energy alive in your seats. Just good. Maybe that makes you feel better. No one would be like, wow, those are empty. How'd those guys leave? Because I, I filled in. I stood in. Yeah, you could have could have even done me a solid to explain it to people around, going, "Hey, man. I said he had to beat the traffic. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. had to go pick up his daughter. No, no, he had to just get home. Yeah, yeah. And it was in traffic. Hashtag fair weather for fan. That's uh, they no. they got down eight. He said he gave up. <laughs> yeah. He said they ain't got it tonight. Connect hit got it. I at least waited. Connect hit that three to cut it to five because that's what I started thinking of. Is people are gonna look at me like, "Oh my God, you're giving up this this soon?" <laughs> uh, the only other thing I'm gonna say is. And I felt for you guys because you were they were in the row in front of you. They were bothering me two rows in front of me. The people that were having like the reunion, they just kept standing up and talking and well, during the game. They were nice, but there were half Tennessee. There were like four Tennessee fans and four Auburn fans, but they were nice. They yeah. they didn't bother me. At, at some point, you know, the guy. The only thing I would say from that is I felt like my guy was way more into the girl with him than like yeah. vice versa. I don't know if they were married. Maybe they were. I don't know, but. He was sweet. He was cool. He was a good high five guy. I liked his energy, but like I noticed, like he kept trying to take pictures, and she was kind of looking away. And I, I don't know. I was like, and I told her, like you could at least smile. He brought, you know, and she's like, he's like, thank you, thank you for saying that. Cause she's looking away, doing the whole thing, and I'm like, come on. Was he the guy that brought down like six hot dogs? Did you see? I don't that know. Guy? I don't know if he was the one that brought down six hot dogs or not, but he was a nice guy. I mean, if, I good high five guy. I think he might have started the high five train to be honest. They, but they, they started carrying on, this one guy and another guy started carrying on a conversation, and during the game in the aisle, you could hear other people to my left going, "Sit down, man!" They were just yelling at him. Anyway, I gotta say, being in the elite seats over there, Big Baller Bob, and being over there with his friends in the seats, gotta, gotta say like. The energy was a little low at times. I felt like, but it got it got going good. It got going good, you know. But I just thought in the arena in general, we do the thing like we have such a cathedral for basketball, or like a, one of the nicest arenas. Maybe a cathedral is a little bit of an overstatement, but I, I think Topps Bung Arena is really nice. I think it fits a lot of people. But at times, it's almost like our fans don't wall out the entire time. I thought it packed in late. A little bit up top. I thought I thought the lower bowl packed in by tip off, but there were some stragglers in the upper deck. I saw that I was wondering, like, man, are we not actually going to get a sellout in here? But it it got pretty full except for like the obstructed viewing. Spots. With like eight minutes to tip and like the lower bowl, I was looking oh, no, at a lot yeah. of in- empty seats. I was yeah. like, come on, boys! Like we got a sellout here. Apparently, my friend said the same thing because we got there thirty minutes early to make yeah. sure we were settled. But like we noticed, like eight minutes to tip, it was probably about sixty percent full yeah. in the lower. But yeah. it, it filled in by tip for sure. It filled in by tip, but I thought it got going really loud towards the end, but, you know, I didn't feel like we had much of a home court advantage for a lot of that game. And I felt partly responsible because 
I was a little nervous sitting in the, the big baller section. I didn't want to stand up and obstruct people's view and have, have Bob and his friends yell at me to sit down because I had a reunion going ahead of me, and they weren't standing up. So I was like, do I lead the charge? And I, I, It took a while. That is the nice part of the student section. I can just stand the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, I've, I've felt that same way about the Tennessee fans that have gone on the road. Like, I felt the same way about Michigan game. I remember that tournament game getting knocked out a couple of years ago. Was, we had a lot of crowd, and there's just nervous energy. We're not rowdy basketball fans the entire 40 minutes, but we got going the last 10 minutes as Dalton Connect got going, and we'll dive into that after the break. A huge victory, like I said, for my money, the greatest 12-minute performance from any Tennessee basketball player ever. He outscored Auburn by himself. He put the team on his back. That boy cold. We'll talk about it. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Ninety-two to eighty-four. The final score, twenty-five to twenty-one. Dalton Connect versus Auburn over the final twelve minutes. Not gonna lie, was a little nervous in the crowd. The energy wasn't good. Auburn had you know taken a nine-point lead and turned it into a nine-point deficit and turned it into an eight-point lead in about eight minutes. Or even less than that, really, because I mean Tennessee came out the gate hot in the first uh, little section of the second half, got up nine. It was a nine-zero run. You know, if you go back to the the end of the first half for Tennessee, you're like, okay, here we go. Tennessee's getting ready to take control of this game, and that wasn't the case. Auburn instead settled in, went on a run, and you know, kind of flipped the script on Tennessee. Then Tennessee started walking them down quickly, just big shot after big shot, and kind of like we talked about. Yesterday, you know, Tennessee has been in some close games, but they have found a way down the stretch to kind of blow it open a little bit, to make the final score not look as close as the game actual was. And this was another one of those instances where Tennessee caught them and then kept it going and, and put the game away, you know, prior to the final two minutes or so. 92-84, to 84, Dalton Connect with 39 points, 5 of 8 from 3. Zakai with a couple big shots, a couple big free throws during that stretch as well. Sam, what was your big takeaway as you were in the student section, I assume, losing your mind? Yeah, yeah, I was uh, I was screaming a lot for Dalton Connect, at Janai Broom, all of the above. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was an unbelievable performance. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think you're kind of right. I think the crowd was kind of out of it, and I think – you know, you, you got down there and you they kind of flip the lead on you and they take that lead back. And I think it just really sucked a lot of the energy out of the stadium. And, and you know, I think a lot of people were kind of just looking around and at that next media timeout, like, man, where did this lead go? What happened? And then Connect takes over and the rest is history. Uh, unbelievable performance from Connect. But, yeah, I mean, I think it was great to be able to bounce back from kind of the energy getting sucked out of that crowd. Bob? I felt – I felt there were a couple of occasions. First of all, I felt early in the game there was a point in time where Tennessee really could have put some greater distance on Auburn. They looked sluggish at the beginning, but they hung in there and kept it close. And that's when I kind of felt like, man, this this is going to be tough. This is going to be a tight game. Then Tennessee was up, came out blazing at the second half. They were at, what, 49-40? And didn't they, how many possessions did they have after that where they didn't convert anything? At 49-40, it was a couple at least. 
Yeah, I mean, because Tennessee kind of got stuck in the mud yeah. after that for a while. And you're right about the beginning of the game. You know, me and my friend Ryan that I went to the game with, we, we kind of said the same thing to each other was, man, feels like Tennessee is clearly outplaying Auburn, yet we're only up one. We're only up two. Right. It's, it's a tie game. And, you know, you, you had a little bit of a spurt to you hit back-to-back threes at the end of the first half to get up four. And you're like, okay, that, we'll take being up four, although it probably should be like seven, but that's okay. And then you came out in the first half. Uh, the first part of the second half, excuse me, and, and you know, went on a 5-0 run, continued that, and you're like, okay, there we go. Nine points, got a little breathing room, and then, like, yeah, like you said, Bob, you scored the 49 points at 19.08, and, you know, it was 16.40 before you scored again. So, you know, two, two and a half minutes went by, and even from that point on, you know, you had, let's see, that was at the 16.40 mark, you hit a free throw, but you don't get another bucket for another two and a half minutes as you get down to the 13.52 mark, almost three full minutes. So Tennessee, yeah, really got stuck in neutral. And it felt – Stuck in the mud. <clears throat> probably for both teams, but it felt like nobody could get into a flow because I think, Sam, you said it, what, there were 18 fouls in nine minutes. Nine minutes. I mean, I it was just maddening – you know, you could feel that. You could feel in the arena. You know, the fans were starting to get beside themselves with that. And, yeah, I was with you, John, for a minute. I was starting to get worried. I was like, oh, my God, man. This is like all our worst nightmares starting to come together. You know, for a minute, I thought, is Auburn – not only is Auburn going to win, but is Auburn going to, like, run us off the court here and win by, like, double digits? That That would have been incredibly painful. I would have came here in a very bad mood if that was the case because I was in the, the bad zone of firing off live bets inside the arena. And Same. I got I, confident once we went down. Well, yeah, we got down eight, and I, I was looking, and I fired off a, a plus five and a half, and I had to get I had to stop for a second and think. I was like, wait, is, is, is something not refreshed? Why is it five and a half? I was like, wait, I'm at the game. I was like, I don't have to worry about a <laughs> delay. I was like, they don't know anything I don't know. I'm here. I was, I like, what? So, I was like, hold on a second. Is there something I don't know? Because, yeah, like it was a you know, four or five-point game, and the live line was three and a half. But by the time I actually got the bet locked in, it moved all the way to one and a half. I was like, damn it. I was trying to grab, you know, at least a possession, and it was one and a half. And then a couple more minutes go by, and it was an eight-point deficit. And I was like, okay, five and a half, and I locked that in. And this literally, it was literally right before Connect hit the three to, to cut it to five. And you're like, okay, here we go. And, you know, from that point, we talked about the scoring. At the 12-01 mark, Tennessee – or the 12-02 mark, Tennessee had 55 points. Connect hits that three, begins his run, and you go from 55 to, to 92. So that's what, 37 points? Yep. Is that math right? 37 oh, points over the final bad. 12 minutes and two seconds? Not too bad. Bruce pulled out some tricks, man. What did you think when I, I was a little shocked when Jalen Williams came on the court? I was like, are you kidding me, man? I was like, they played that well. Yeah, I mean, everyone everyone in college basketball, you know, was saying that he was doubtful to play, that they didn't buy it, that he wasn't going to play. And then I see him out on the, on the court, and I'm like, what the hell's happening here? And he's playing pretty well, and, you know, he's he's, he's contributing, and he's dropped a three right off the bat. Yeah. I was like, come on. But Dalton Connect, the only player in the country that has scored 35 points four times. He's the best scorer in college basketball. If he left you – any doubt before last night, just put on those last 12 minutes. Put on the final 12 minutes and watch the the versatility to his game, man. You know, like I, I called him pretty quickly the, the most talented offensive player Tennessee's had, the most well-rounded Tennessee's player that we've had offensively, you know, since Allen Houston. 
and you watch it last night and, and you see why. Like, I mean, just all three levels. The tough fallaway mid-range jumper was maybe his best play. Not a shot you want to see him take, but he, he had another Kevin Durant type of mid-range jumper as he's shooting over somebody. He's hit, He hits the three. He gets the clear out. He hits another three with two guys in front of him. And then once you start getting the jumper going and you get the big man out on the island, don't settle for another three. I'm going to drive right past you left-handed and have one of the better in-game dunks that you'll see in terms of just the quickness and the elevation, just two-hand slam, a picture-perfect kind of swing on the rim that's not going to get you a technical. The place is going crazy. And that's when you knew, like, okay, we're going to win this game. There was uh... – there was a minute I saw where when I was watching the the replay where he got the ball, it was where he took that did that little drive down the middle with the left, put it up. He hadn't even he had just started the drive because he took him off the dribble because he'd been shooting so many threes and Tom Hart doing the play by play just goes, It's a stud. That's what he said before he even went up and shot the the shot. I mean, I think he was just blowing away the announcers, everybody. I mean, Van Pelt this morning gave him a lot of love. He was, uh, on his show, he was Van Pelt's best thing I saw today. And uh, then he gave a whole segment talking about him. Uh, it was it was nice. Did that, did that make it through the night as the case? Because you did have another historic performance by LeBron James. So, like, Don Connect maybe, maybe didn't uh, get to maintain being the biggest story in sports by the time you woke up because LeBron had a 21-point come back in the fourth quarter and LeBron was like outscoring the Clippers by himself and and was dominant and vintage so I was wondering if if he had not connect off the front page of ESPN or the the main story on Sports Center. Now he was still uh you know Van Pelt's best thing I saw today very top of the show and then the lead after that was LeBron. Okay. Yeah. Cuz he said speaking of uh, 39 cuz that's LeBron's age good play good segue and he went into LeBron who uh who did go off. Pretty good job by you, Scott Van Peltz. Well, that's that's pretty cool that if you could share the spotlight with LeBron because, yeah, he was he was masterful down the stretch last night for his team, too, in the Battle of L.A. And Connect, of course, set the scene on ESPN2 prior to that with – I don't know where it ranks in terms of all-time college basketball performances. You know, I can't imagine there have been too many better 12-minute stretches just in college basketball in general, especially in an atmosphere like – Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center became. You know, I gave him a little flack for the first 30 minutes, but it got rocking over the last 10 minutes. And, you know, I, to, to have that going on and people losing their minds as you just keep raining jumper, raining jumper, and getting dunks, can't imagine anybody's done it too much better over 12-minute stretches just in college basketball history. I was saying this to my buddies in the game, and I'm looking it up now, and he scored the exact number of points it connected, but it felt like Buddy Heald back in 2016 in that Big 12 tournament game. Do you remember that where he just went off against Iowa State? He also scored 39 points. There was a game. See, I'm thinking of a different game. I think I'm thinking of a road game for Buddy Heald in Oklahoma where I remember him going crazy. But yeah, Buddy had that same feeling. You know, Buddy. Buddy was a guy that could go off and and catch fire too. So maybe since him, maybe he's as as an explosive player we've seen in the country since Buddy Heald, which Buddy was really really good in college. You talked about Allen Houston, and I think we had a listener or two mention that last night. I still say if you're creating, you know, that that 
tried and true term like you're creating a Mount Rushmore. I think, I swear, I might put Connect ahead of Houston, and there might be some recency bias there. But also, what I've said before is Houston got his on a team that was bad. You know, I, I you know, I, I, and some could argue that that's harder to do, but. Connect is playing at such a high level, at the teams playing at such a high level in such high level games. Um, I don't know. Just feels different to me. Well, what I would say to that, and again, I'm, I don't want to act like I'm an expert on Allen Houston. I don't remember watching him at Tennessee. Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't. I wasn't basketball cognizant at that point. Like, but I can't imagine that you know, Allen Houston had a better season than him, right? Like, I mean, yeah. when you look at just career, okay, fine. Like, you know, he had four years, he was really good. High draft pick went on. It was it was good in the NBA. Was an Olympian. All those things. But like when you talk about just one single seasons in Tennessee basketball history, yeah, Connect belongs near or at the very top. And you know maybe maybe that is going to depend on what happens moving forward because you still have to win an SEC championship. You control your own destiny, and then you still have to do it in the tournament. And you know, but. The, the good news and bad news for Tennessee fans, or, or maybe the good and bad news for Dalton Connect is you got a lot of pressure on you when it comes to the tournament in terms of performing and carrying this team that hasn't, you know, achieved anything huge in March, right? You, you, you've been to one Elite Eight in your program's history, never to a Final Four, of course, never a national championship. So you're going to have a lot of pressure and doubt from people. And your coach doesn't necessarily have the best March resume, going back to you know the end of his career at Texas and how he's been here at Tennessee and hasn't broken through to an Elite Eight despite being at the top or near the top of the country for so many weeks and having so many cracks at it. But the good news is if you're Don Connect, the bar is pretty low. You get to a Sweet 16, that kind of solidifies, okay, maybe best season in Tennessee history. You get to Elite Eight, it becomes almost a, a solidified point that it's the best or second best season in Tennessee history, get to a Final Four, they might build you a statue. <laughs> like, like forget retiring the jersey. They might they might just go ahead and build you a statue. So, like, you have a chance to, to do something that no Tennessee player has ever done before. And that has to be pretty exciting. There's pressure to do it. Yeah. There's pressure when it comes to this fan base hasn't seen it. This fan base wants it. But if you're the guy that can do it, that one season could be more impactful than almost any season in college basketball history, at least in SEC history. And that's to be pretty exciting. It was just such a, a beautiful performance. I mean, I, I don't, I almost don't have the words, but I have so many words I want to say about it. Because mm-hmm. we all saw it. I mean, what, what am I going to tell you that you didn't see? Like, the guy was awesome. You know, he scored 25 points in 12 minutes. But also at the same time, he scored 25 points in 12 minutes. Like, no matter what Bruce tried to throw at him, it wasn't good enough. No double teams. And and I thought he waited a little bit too long for, to double team. But he finally bent the knee. But then Connect just kind of made the right passes. And I thought the teammates kind of let him down a little bit down the stretch. I, I thought a walk with a bad turnover on a, on a beautiful slip pass. That kind of like, okay, that's going to make this a little bit tougher. And then the refs let you down when it's a seven-point game. And the ball clearly goes out of bounds on on – Auburn and they get the ball back I think um I think another wrinkle too that connect created by doing what he does and that is 
Zakai was kind of locked down, I felt, in the first half. He was he, bad. He, yeah. he was back to being bad Zakai, yeah. in my opinion. Got that three at the end of the half, which was nice. Love seeing Barnes two games in a row drawn up a play to get like some sort of semblance of a dagger at the end of the half. That was good. He did that at A&M as well with Santee. But by, by way of what Connect was doing, he, he allowed it, – it allowed – Zakai to cook a little more in the second half. Now, he missed a hell of a lot of free throws, which frustrated me, but he played like a different guy in the second half. And he hit his free throws down the stretch, too. True. You That's know, like true. What, once the momentum got going, he hit some free throws. And But yeah, it was that that was, you know, Tennessee started missing the front end of one on ones. Whenever they, you get in the bonus early, like, okay, good. But then the lead's slipping away, and you're getting to the free throw line, and you're missing front ends of one on ones, and that feels like a turnover. That, that's worse than just missing regular shots because it's so deflating. Yeah, we were texting back and forth, the three of us. What, Tennessee hit, like, what, their first 14 or 16 free throws? At least the first 12, I know. Yeah, yeah. I think it might have been 14, yeah. and then after that, you know, it was like 50% at best the rest of the way. That was a little frustrating. But, hey, win's a win, man. Big well, that's win. bigger than just saying a win's a win because you get a, a clutch performance. And I think everyone could come out of that game that, that played for Tennessee feeling good about something. Yeah. Or at least most of the guys could come out feeling good about something. I thought Awaka had some moments again where he's playing pretty well. I thought Jonas came out of the gate on fire. You thought that would maybe headed for a you know a 20, 25 perform, point performance from him. Because, I mean, he had eight super fast. Yeah. Only ends up with 14. Zakai struggled a bit. I, I think Auburn did a good job and. I guess you probably got to give credit to Bruce Pearl, but I thought Auburn did a good job of staying on their feet when Zakai was driving and trying to yeah. do his little loop around. Like they didn't really buy that he was in there trying to shoot, and they stayed with their their guys. They stayed on the ground and didn't allow any easy buckets down there. And I think that kind of bothered Zakai a little bit, and that led to some turnovers. But even him, I mean, he was three for three from three. He, he came through. He had some clutch shots. There was that huge one after you know Tennessee had tied the game, and then. I think it was was that when when Broom hit his three, I think, and then Zakai comes back and answers. Yeah. And then they get a stop, then Connect hits a three, and you take the lead. And you're like, okay, here, we got it now. It's kind of how it felt, but you make the run, you get back to Todd. Auburn hits a three. Momentum could have easily swung there, but instead Zakai came down and answered. They because they were really taking Connect out of the game at that point, or trying to. And you're like, okay, is anybody else going to help this guy? Can he? Can anybody help him, or is it going to have to be all Connect? Because I'm in the crowd thinking, okay. At some point, he's going to get tired. Like, somebody has to give him a little bit of a rest, especially if they're going to start throwing double teams at him. And then Zakai had that shot, and it, you, you kind of breathed a little bit and said, okay, the team's locked in now. Tell you what, we we weathered the Janai Broom storm, too. Man, he uh, yeah. psh, he played well. He played well. But without him, that this wasn't a game. I mean, he, he for my money, carried Auburn 23-9-5. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Because no one's gonna remember that twenty nine. Yeah, I know. Point perform or twenty three nine and five performance broom because someone else dropped thirty nine on your head, <laughs> and the winners they write the story. So great performance on the road. Good job. Not SEC player of the year though. Sorry. <laughs> I hate it for you. Eight six five five four six eighty two hundred. If you want to weigh in on the show with us, we got Roberto. Let's bring him on. Good morning, Roberto. Uh, what's, what's up guys? Good morning. Good morning. 
I want to stand corrected on something I said on VR last night first. Uh, I stood corrected then, and I want to own it now. I said that Zakai didn't have a good game, but going back and really looking at it, after he had a bad game for 19 minutes and 32 seconds, and then all of a sudden he didn't have a bad game for the last 20 minutes and 28 seconds. He had an incredible game from there out. He had zero turnovers, like 17 points, nine assists. So I stand corrected on that. Yeah, we um, we agree. We were yeah, we were, you probably heard us too. We were just talking about that. I, I think he he was definitely more enabled in the second half mm-hmm. because of the Dalton Connect effect, as we'll call it. But yeah, he he played particularly strong in that second half. Oh for six from two point range. Like I, I think their length bothered him though. They didn't really allow him to get yes. in the paint at all, or at least get successful clean looks in the paint. Three for yep. three from three, 0 for six from two. You know, that was kind of the story with Sakai. Yeah. And four for eight from the line. Is that an affirmative? Uh, he had, well, he, he was at one point. Yeah, he was four for eight, and then he hit his last four to help, you know, put the game away and ended up at eight for 12. Yeah, if he can't hit that little runner, uh, he can't be as effective from two-point range. That little runner, floater, teardrop, whatever you want to call it, thing he does, it, and he was just, everything was short last night. One of my friends asked me why we are always short on free throws. I was like, because we play really hard on defense. That would be my guess. Oh, I think that that first free throw that uh, Connect missed off the Bruce technical, I think it was he was tired, you know? Yeah, he's beat, yeah. yeah, He was just That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Although, shout out to Connect, he missed – only two of his twelve free throws. Right. You know that that one was a little deflating after the technical on Bruce, but he was he was pretty much nails down the stretch with his free throws. They also 12. started a chant during the middle of that technical. Uh, Did they? Yeah, they were just, the whole student section was just chanting "Fu Auburn." <laughs> Fair enough. Proud of you guys. Proud of you guys. That's what I would have said. Uh, the other thing I was, I want to talk about Dalton Connect for a second. There's two records he might be able to get so he can get his name in the rafters. I think our our criterion at University of Tennessee is so stupid to get your name in the rafters. It really is. I like that they changed it to get Lofton up there. Dalton Connect, in one season, deserves to have his name in the rafters, especially if he takes us to an Elite Eight or Final Four. Period. Um, he could actually do the, the one single season record that I had not thought about that he could get would be not points in a season. I don't think he can get 806 because that's what Allen Houston's at. He could go for 51. 50, if he gets 52 in a game, he breaks Tony White's single-game single, single game scoring record. That could happen. Well, isn't he, isn't he on the cusp? I mean, with his averages especially, he's on the cusp of being the all-time single-season leading scorer, correct? Like he, He's not far off from Grant Williams' 2019 season. Are you talking about points per game? No, I'm talking about just points in a total season. Just no, that's that that's Allen Houston. Grant's not even in the top. I don't think. I mean, last time I checked, I don't think Grant's in the top ten. Are you sure about that? I I, I'm, I could very well be wrong, but I thought the most points in a season was 806 by Allen Houston, when he averaged like 24 a game. Okay, I'll look it up. But I thought I'd seen that he. I thought I'd seen a, a breakdown it, of how many. And, and I may be wrong in that. Maybe I'm thinking of average points per game uh, because, obviously, the Tennessee teams without Houston on them were really bad. They never played more than about 27 or 28 games. Um, so the other thing I had just in watching Dalton Connect take over a game, it's, it is pure bliss for me as a Tennessee fan to know 
that we got that dude and you don't got that dude. We have him and you don't. And that, I don't know the last time I can truly say that I thought we had the best player in college basketball. Bob, I know you love you got some Zach Eady love written all over you, and that's fine because you should love your alma mater and you should love your best player at your alma mater or or, or your favorite team. Uh, but I got to tell you, man, I think Dalton connects a better basketball player, and I think he's the best player in college basketball. How does that hit you as a Purdue fan? It's weird. I, I well, I think Edie's still going to win Player of the Year. Uh, I think I, you're right because yeah. he had such. If if they started off on equal footing, he would not win Player of the Year. Yeah. Would you agree with me on I that? Would, I would. Agree, I would definitely agree with that. And I do think connects. Uh, the, we're not. It doesn't necessarily qualify for the award, but I think he's got clearly better pro prospects than than Zach has. Oh, yeah. So um, yeah, it's has a, he had a better? Has he had a better season in your opinion? Um, I think. Time will tell. I think a lot of that still rests with what goes on in the postseason. But yeah, I, I think I think in that regard, it's been kind of neck and neck the way he's carried a team versus the way mm-hmm. Edie's. Edie hasn't had to carry Purdue uh, all right. the time, you know. Uh, yeah, Purdue's really really good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, there's a great um, stat with Braden Smith. I don't want to get on Purdue, but he's there's. I'll, I'll share it on X about. There's a there's a collection of stats that he's the only guard that has done it in Big Ten history besides Magic Johnson. That's it. Wow. So yeah, so they're good. But I back to back to Dalton. I think uh, yeah. I, I his, it's it's amazing what we're watching. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I I in any other circumstance, and honestly, I'd be perfectly happy if I'd be thrilled if he won Player of the Year. But I just don't think he's going. Yeah, to. me too. If he cobbles together two out of the next three games, because they're against really good teams, if he cobbles together maybe a thirty-two point and a and he breaks that forty-point barrier finally. Yeah, I said if, but let's say because he seems to get on heaters clearly, where he strings together games, you know, for three or four games where he scores twenty five plus. If he gets on a heater and strings together, say a thirty two point, and somewhere in those sprinkles in a forty point, he's it's going to get real, real hot on Zach Eady's collar about him catching him because people are so desperate to not have Zach Eady. Uh, I should say people like fans, normies like me are so desperate that he doesn't win it. It's I, I keep saying it's the reverse Charles Woodson effect, but I'm telling you, I think if if he can go for about, sounds like a nutty number, but if he can go for 100 points in the next three games, Dalton Connect's going to, he, I think he's going to dark horse it and win the thing. Take care, guys. Appreciate the phone call, Roberto. Roberto was right. It is Alan Houston. The tweet I saw just said since, since 94, so I guess that was the disconnect I had. So he can catch Grant Williams in 2019. 696, but that that's only good enough for sixth all time, not not the all time, yeah season. Okay, fair enough. I I guess saw the tweet but didn't actually read it and remember that it was since Allen Houston, of course, Dell Ellis as well. Another Allen Houston season. Tony White and Reggie Johnson is your top five. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think Connect can uh, can catch that. I don't think he can catch that. He can't get to 806. He's not catching Houston there. But you're talking about criteria, getting hung in the rafters. For Tennessee basketball, you, you they say you have to hit three of the five. SEC Player of the Year should hit that one. National award, it doesn't necessarily just mean Player of the Year. So there might be a best – is there a – the, Ju- the Julius Irving Award. Yeah, I was the Julius say, Irving like Award, right, for of the year. best small forward. Like, yeah. I don't know if that's considered – what's the Sullivan Award? Do we know what the Sullivan Award is? 
Can you look that up, Sam? It yeah, says because in the parentheses it says Player of the Year, Sullivan or similar honor. Sullivan's so. like best amateur athlete of the year, or okay. something, as I recall. I could be wrong. Okay, but th- I'm pretty sure that's what that is. First team All American. He should have that career holder, career record holder in a significant category at the UT, SEC, or national level. So I mean, like you could say he holds a record for most. 35-point games at Tennessee or something. I mean, he's getting close yeah. to that, I would imagine. Like, I don't, I don't know what they can consider significant. Do this, you have the Sullivan Award? Yeah, the Sullivan Award is the most outstanding athlete at the collegiate or Olympic level in the U.S. Okay. So, Caitlin Clark won it last year, so I don't – She's probably going to win it again. Yeah, year. I don't know if Don connects one in that. Okay. So, not just – the. I would say the Dr. J Award yeah. isn't going to fit that probably criteria. Not. Probably, not. probably not. Or a national championship. So, you want your jersey in the rafters – Go win a national championship. Like I said, we'll, we'll skip past the jersey retirement. We'll just get you a statue if you could do that. Let's catch a quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll continue the conversation. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Back in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Drink some celebratory White Claws today at your office at 9 a.m. Crack a top and celebrate Dalton Connect. Responsibly, of course, White Claw, White Claw, White Claw. We appreciate them. I enjoyed some White Claws. I got home from the game and I immediately ate like a pound of lasagna. I had leftover lasagna. I'm so I fe- hungry. I felt like Garfield. I just sat there just eating all the lasagna until my belly got so full. And I felt bad. I was like, all right, time to go lay in bed. You deserved it, though, right? You worked hard as a fan and stressed. and Yeah, yeah, it's true. I did deserve it. It yeah. was a victory meal. It's true. A meal fit for a king. I just sat there, and my, my tummy's still full. Mm. Just ate some delicious lasagna and just celebrated the, the spoils of victory. Bob, you call that the best win of the Rick Barnes era? I'm thinking at least home win. I'm trying to think back. You know, we, we – we were talking about it in the break. Some of the games in Tennessee, recent history, the where were you type wins. And I think about the Texas win in the Bruce Pearl era. And ironically, Rick Barnes was on the sidelines for that, for Texas. But also in 2010, when Tennessee upset number one, Kansas. Um, now, Tennessee beat number one, Alabama last season. But that game didn't hit like this one did last night. Um, I just think maybe... In the Rick Barnes-Tennessee era, that might be the biggest win I've seen. I just feel like, again, you that's going to be one we're going to be talking about for days, right? But I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on it. If you're saying just at home, you know, that would knock out a couple wins at Rupp Arena, which are right. fun always. If you're saying just at home. I mean, last year's Alabama game felt huge. The, what I would say that this one has going forward, of course, is A, recency bias. You know, being there and, and feeling it and coming out of it with, with – it was such a high, has a little bit of a comeback aspect to it, which, as a fan, those are the best type of wins, right, when you can have a comeback win. Whenever you just walk somebody down and pass them and you, you get to celebrate. This has a huge single performance, you know, from a player, a legendary performance. Tennessee beat number one Alabama last year. I don't really remember any details from the game, though, in terms of offensive production or anybody stand out. Like, I don't really remember – 
what happened. This will be the Dalton Connect game. You will remember at least that part of it when you think about where you were. And it was one of, if not the best, performance inside Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center over the last at least decade. You know, I don't, I don't know what the single, the highest out- scoring output we've had. You know, over the last twenty years or so at home, but I imagine that's just as high as as almost any. You call it. The, you talk about the Texas shot from Chris Lofton. I mean, yeah, that 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 will go in terms of single moments that you remember and you play back. And there, there's not the one shot over the the future NBA Hall of Famer like Kevin Durant. There's not the one play you maybe look at. Maybe it's the dunk. Maybe it's one of the threes. I don't know, but it was just play after play after play from Connect. And the last thing I think this play has going forward or this game has going forward, this win, is that you also still have hope that it's leading to something bigger. True. Last year's win over Tech, uh, last year's win over, over Alabama doesn't mean that much when you're like, okay, we went to the Sweet 16, we didn't win an SEC championship. The win over Texas, y- you didn't do anything magical in the postseason there either. This one, you still have hope that this leads to a one seed, that it leads to winning the SEC hardware, and that it leads to your first ever Final Four. And you could say that that, that, that stretch there and winning this game sets all that up. The mystery of what is to come after winning right. this game is what makes it so special. You're still yeah. hopeful. Yeah, yeah. You're still riding high. If Tennessee gets bounced in the second round and you finish second, you go down to Alabama and get beat, you lose at South Carolina, you lose at Kentucky. I, I don't know, but like you, you go two and two down the stretch. Don't win the title, get bounced in the second round or Sweet 16, we won't remember that game as fondly, right? All the other schools or all the other seasons in school history in their past, they have you know that, that outcome, that ending that wasn't very good. Another note on that Alabama game last season, um, and I double-checked it and I was right, it felt fine to win that game, but we were coming off the heels off of two really disappointing losses to to Vanderbilt and to Missouri. Correct me if I'm wrong. You lost two games after that too. Like it was the only yeah. win in a five game stretch, if I if I remember correctly. I feel like you went to Kentucky. Yep. The very next right. game and lost and who I don't know. A and M and then A and M. Yeah. So like you, you basically lost four out of five with your one win being against Alabama. So yeah. that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like you look back on that, it's cool, but. The season wasn't magical. It didn't lead to a magical run. It was more of a win like, well, yeah, hell yeah, we need to win something like that. Where this one is, you're right, there's still unfinished business for sure. Um, And I thought of Lofton a couple times while I was watching those Connect 3s last night. They weren't as long as Lofton's 3 over Durant, of course. But, man, he was was out there, and he just – he was – Without hesitation, man. I, I It did blow my mind that Auburn didn't respond to that quicker. Um, happy that they didn't, but... Yeah, he was doing things that you'll see at the NBA level. Yeah, I mean, he was shooting NBA level, NBA range threes. But also in the NBA, it's a pretty simple game. And, you know, I give credit to Rick Barnes and whoever on his staff has helped implement this mindset. But it's it's pretty easy to get a good look whenever you just take a big set a screen, get that big, switched onto your best player. You see that in the NBA nonstop. And, like, one of the best skills you can have is being able to, A, bury kind of the walk-up three in their face, or, B, blow by them and get to the rim. And Connect showed he could do both. And, like, that's his best NBA skill set. That's what he's going to need to have to, to go to the next level, to be, you know, Jimmy Dykes kept saying the top college player picked. I don't know if that's going to be the case just with his age. I still don't think he'll be the top college player picked. Maybe he will be. 
Maybe he will be, but he's going to be a lottery pick. He's going to be Tennessee's first lottery pick in a long time. And it's because he can make shots, but also he can he can create plays. And you can do what you need to do in terms of just, hey, I need a bucket. Okay. Iso Dalton. If we want to give him a pick and switch or a little pick and slip with a guy rolling to the basket, he can make that pass too. And it's as simple as. And Tennessee came back because Dalton just said, okay, time to start hitting these walk-down threes or, or blow by and get to the rim. I'm going to get my shot. It's going to be interesting to hear from uh, Polinski in the third hour. Love to hear his take on this, just being a part of it on the bench, watching it that closely. Yeah. Yeah. That had to be pretty cool to be on the sideline watching that. Yeah. Look forward to talking with G-Reg. Coming up in the third hour, hour one of the books, looking off hour two of some things you might have missed from last night. It's called about last night. Sam will have your headlines for you. Stick with us. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio.